Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Uh, I'm going to bless you, but I've, I've um, supercharged the blessing. So I'm just, I'm just warning you, but don't be thrown by it. I've just increased the immediacy of, of the blessing. Same words, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm still blessing you. But I, I, I want God to not just help you, but to help you quickly. So that's why I've changed the words, okay? So I bless you now, in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. That you would be healed if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. Today. I bless you to receive the guidance from God that you need. Today, the help from God that you need today, that you would flourish and prevail over whatever challenges you're facing in your life right now, today, and that you would feel hope today, joy today, love today, peace today, whatever is going on in your life, that you would feel those things today. In Jesus' name, may it be. All right, family. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are continuing in our Easter, no, we're continuing our Jesus series. Last week was Easter, and last week we were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, although he was crucified, although he was dead, although he was buried in the grave for three days. God raised Jesus from the dead. Today we're going to pick up on that same day. There's four stories in, in the New Testament of things that happen on that day. We're going to pick up with one of them. But before I get to that story, I want to tell a story um, of something that happened to me when I was 18 years old that, that was really significant. I had just started studying at Multnomah where I, I went and studied the Bible. I had gotten my first opportunity to be in compensated ministry of some, they paid for my petrol and my car insurance so I could get there. Uh, you know, but it was, a, it was some sort of uncompensated ministry, and I was the youth pastor at Kalama Church of the Nazarene. I actually went online and I found some pictures of this church that I, that I worked at. These are not, this is not archaeology, although you might think so. <clears throat> I mean, I can hardly remember. I can hardly remember this. I was looking at these pictures like, yeah, I, I guess that's what it was. I mean, my, my memories are so vague from this time. I, I remember playing kick the can because um, who wouldn't forget that, right? And, and, I, and I remember having a chicken burger down the street. Again, who wouldn't forget that? Um, I, I remember I, I sang a special offering song. Yeah, it was awful. I, it's one of those moments that I still am like, Oh, I could never go back. Like, like that was, oh, we don't do special offering songs. Uh, probably from those wounds, right? No. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Like, it was awful. Like, oh. <laughs> I feel weak even thinking about it. Oh, man. So, uh, so anyways, there is one moment, though, that I, I wanted to highlight from that moment, which I do remember really clearly. Now, in order to understand this, 
This church is about 45 minutes north of Portland. It's out in the country. It's, it's very rural, Klamath. It's a, it's a smaller area. And, and it has that small-time feel. I remember the pastor's name was Wes. He was a really good guy. I really liked Wes. I, I liked him. He was kind. He was great. You know, the, the whole church had this amazing small-town family vibe. And, and, and everybody was just lovely. Uh, the, 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 the music was, I don't know, the people were lovely. And, 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 and Wes is preaching, I guess, I don't know, maybe like three out of ten. But the guy, he was, he was such a good guy. He was such a good guy. And I thought a lot about that number. I was like, is it a two? No, that's too low. Uh, but it was, it was that kind of a thing. But again, the, the people were lovely. And I remember, though, being um, at this church, and I was sitting in that middle section of pure, uh, pews, what do we call them, pews, uh, three-quarters of the way back, kind of on the right side. I was sitting there, and I just remember it was a particularly bad message, right? I'm sitting there enduring a particularly bad message. Now, I can see some of you are like, yeah, I know exactly what it's like to endure. <laughs> I try, guys. I really try. But anyways, I was sitting there, and, and God intervened in this awful message moment. And God's spirit just showed up and, and met with me exactly how I needed to be met with. And I had one of those surprising, significant moments where Jesus encouraged me, where he gave me guidance. Again, in the middle of an awful message, but he met with me, and, and I was greatly impacted. I remember it to this day. Now, I, I, I think about that moment a lot because of its impact on my life, and I'm like, man, I could have had every excuse in the book not to be there that day. I mean, I was a Multnomah student. I'm getting way better Bible teaching every other day of the week. I am, the worship at Multnomah's chapels were, were phenomenal, were amazing, and in my memory, uh, and, and it, was, it was great, and then here I am, it's like I could justify maybe being in my office or interceding for the service maybe, or, or I could, you know, anything else, but man, I could think, what would have happened if I wasn't there, and, and I missed out in that Jesus moment that, that he had for me in that gathering. Today I want to talk about those surprising, significant seconds, where Maybe you're not expecting it, but you're, you're together and, and God's spirit speaks to you or meets with you and encourages you. It gives you direction. If, you, if you've walked with Jesus for a while, you, you've probably had a moment or two like these that really jump out at you as, as a significant moment in your life. And maybe they happened at a place and a time in an environment that surprised you. That your expectations were low, and, and yet maybe you didn't even want to be there, but looking back, you're like, I can't imagine my life without that moment. When I assess most of the significant moments of my life, they pretty much all take place on bad attitude days. On days I can't be bothered, uh, and, and that's underselling it. Places where I expected nothing, and I had no desire to be there, and yet I was there, and God showed up. Very, in, in retrospect, I understand that that's what the enemy does, right? He tries to tell us, oh, there's no significance about this moment that you're going to go to. There's no significance. It's, it's probably not even worth showing up for. Maybe give it a pass. There's lots of other reasons. Now I can see the enemy at work trying to keep me from, from those moments so that I would miss out on some of the most significant seconds of my life where, where Jesus would show up in those times. Uh, I, have, I have a few stories I want to tell you. But before I do, I want to talk about Thomas. And I want to talk about the story in John chapter 20. And again, this takes place on Resurrection Sunday. 
This is the same day, uh, the, the same day where Jesus rose from the dead. Now, before I, I have a picture for you of, um, man, sunshine. Pretend you can see a picture there. Uh, this is a picture of what they say, and I've not investigated the validity of this. They say this is where the um, Last Supper took place in this room in Jerusalem. I've been in there. Yeah, it looks like that. Uh, and so that's, that's, so I'm not saying it's this room. Probably 150 meters or so from this, this room. Something like this. No idea. But it's in this kind of context that the disciples are gathered on Easter Sunday, doors locked, because they're afraid. Something like this. Okay, let me read. Starting in John 20, verse 19. When it was evening of that first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said again to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called twin, one of the, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the marks of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. For whatever reason, Thomas wasn't there. For whatever reason, Thomas wasn't at the gathering where all the other disciples were, and he missed out. Again, we don't know the reason. All we know is that he, he wasn't there. And Thomas misses out because he's not there in one of those surprising, significant moments. Because he's not in the room when Jesus shows up. He's not in the room when Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit over them. He's not in the room when they're given a commission into forgiveness ministry. Now, this story has always unnerved me. If you've been around me for a long time, this, this story may have snuck out because I, I do think about it quite often. I, I think it unnerves me because I have had so many surprising, significant seconds where I, where I wasn't where I wanted to be, but Jesus shows up and my life changed. And I, and I, I know that I didn't want to be there, and I, I feel like I, I almost missed some, something very significant to me. Why wasn't Thomas there? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because... He's afraid. Uh, the Bible does say, you know, they're all afraid. They're, they're gathered, doors locked, be, because they're, they're afraid of the Jewish leaders. Maybe Thomas is not there because he's afraid uh, to be where the other people are gathered. And because of that fear, he wasn't there when Jesus showed up. And, and he misses out. Maybe he's afraid. I don't know. Maybe he is too emotionally upset. And, guys, this you cannot underplay this, right? How upset he, he was. I mean, the guy has had a bad couple of days. He's been following Jesus, who he believes is the Messiah, 
the, 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 the promised one, the one who is, uh, there's all these promises. He, he believes in Messiah. It's not only he believes in the Messiah, Jesus is his friend. His rabbi, he feels so loved by Jesus. He's walked with him for years. He has committed his life to be all in with this Jesus guy. And yet, just three days earlier, Jesus was brutally executed. And, and not only does he have the grief of the, the close connection that they're going everywhere for years, learning and doing ministry for, for years together, no doubt his grief was extreme. Also, just his whole life has been upended. His, his whole purpose of he's gone from believing he's following the Messiah to like one of the most wanted people in the land, it probably, he feels like. You know, just like, I, I, I was following this Messiah, and now my whole future is, is not what I ever hoped it would be when I started this. Like, just a sudden. So Thomas has had an extremely traumatic three days. We can't take that away from him. Intense emotional grief, trauma, in this sense, and maybe he's just like, I just really, really, really can't do it today. I, I can't face the people today. I can't, I can't get, I can't be, nothing in me feels like I have the capacity to gather together with everybody else today. Now, I, I think we can, we can get, if we can put ourselves in Thomas' shoes, we can get that, right? Such an extreme, extreme moment. It, it, it irritates me. Thomas, he gets a bad rap, right, for, for this moment. For this, this, this very extreme moment. This is probably one of the most extreme moments of his life. And he gets labeled Doubting Thomas. Welcome to gracious Christianity in the world, right? <laughs> you had a bad day? Judged for millennia uh, as, as Doubting Thomas. Jeez, we could do better than this. Why don't we call him Thomas the Super Brave? I mean, he has this, like, other moment where in John chapter 11, where everybody else is afraid, and they're saying, no, Jesus, don't go to Jerusalem. And Thomas is like, let's go, and, and let us die with him. Like, he was the bravest of the brave. Maybe we can call him super brave, bravest of the brave, Thomas Brave. You know, something like that. But no, we take him at his lowest moment. We're like, doubting Thomas. Um, I'm not judging. I'm not saying, I don't know. I'll just get back to the notes, Brian. Anyway, so Thomas, though, I mean, he's this amazing disciple, right? All the, he's, he's healing the sick, he's part of them, uh, you know, like praying and, and seeing people delivered from demons, he's preaching the kingdom, he's been doing this for years, he's been doing this for years, a great disciple, um, but he's had this awful week, and, and, and he's about to go through this really, really difficult season, full of doubt and, and whatever, and we realize that, I mean, looking at his life for whatever Reasonable reason he's not there. For whatever reasonable reason, whether it's grief, whether it's my, my whole life has just fallen apart right in front of me in the last three days, whether it's fear of like being arrested and executed like Jesus just was I, I was, I was, I was into it when we were a long ways away from here, but now that we're here, not so keen. Whatever the case may be, like feeling, you know, feeling just whatever, but whatever the reason, he wasn't there. The result was that Thomas had a much harder week because he wasn't there. He had a much darker week because he wasn't there. He had a much more hopeless feeling week because he wasn't there. He, he, he had a, a week full of doubt, uh, doubt because he wasn't there. He, he had a much more awful week ahead than he needed to have. Had he just shown up, 
Had he just been in the room where, where the others were when Jesus showed up, his whole awful season would have ended right then. That would have been that. But, you know, I mean, nobody expected Jesus to show up that night. Nobody. I mean, the angel, when you got an angel telling you to go to Galilee and you'll see him there, there's no hint that, oh, and he's also going to see you tonight. Like, like you're, you're, the angel has said Galilee. There's every reason that to not expect Jesus to be, be showing up tonight, the, the day he rose from the dead, when, when you already know the plan. It's so easy for us to try and look ahead and, and assume the insignificance of what is coming. It's probably just going to be like every other gathering. It's probably just going to be a bunch of, you know, in Thomas's case, probably just a bunch of crying and fear. You know, we're, gonna, we're terrified, a terrified moment locked in a room. Ooh, that sounds great. I think I'd rather be on my own. Whatever the case may be. It's so easy to, to, to come up with reasons why we shouldn't show up when God's people, people are gathered together. Just like, don't buy the lies. Don't buy the lies. Three stories. Significant stories to me, probably significant stories to you, because they're significant to me. All right. Uh, first story, I was in seminary. I was in seminary, I had a lecturer who was really tough. I don't know if you've had a particularly tough lecturer, uh, particularly tough. Not only that, he, which is, you know, why you'd want to avoid <laughs> this lecture already, but he took me aside one day and he told me that I would never amount to anything. Because I can't write well. And, um, you know, hurtful, hung over me for many years, the baggage, the, anyways. And, uh, uh, wrong, untrue, okay. But he said this to me, so of course I want to stay away from this guy. And if I have any other options to not be in his classes, right? That, that, makes, that makes sense, right? Avoid, avoid, avoid. Well, there was a few times that it was unavoidable. It was required to graduate. And so I, I took his class, and I'm sitting there in seminary, and I'm, and I'm hearing him talk at this particular moment, and he mentions, as a side note, his habit of cover-to-cover, cover-to-cover Bible reading throughout his life. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit planted a seed in my heart about something that someday would become an extremely significant practice in my life, cover-to-cover Bible reading, Groups of people cover to cover Bible reading. I, I, that, that moment, it wasn't just like, oh, that could be a good idea. I remember that moment like, like it was frozen in time. I remember where I'm sitting. I remember how the room was set up, and, which is weird because it was, it was in a weird room. It wasn't in a normal room that we had our lectures in. And then there was tables. I mean, who has tables? In, and anyway, so we had, it's tables, and, and, and I just remember exactly where he was saying, where I was at. That, that moment where he said that, and, and this, this seed of, my, of this, this life-changing thought hit me. And, and it's the beginning of, ultimately, someday, Bible read-through groups, which, which many of you are a part of. And I'm just like, wow, if I would have had my way and avoided the, all these guys' classes, I could have missed one of the most significant moments of my life by not being there, by not being in the room, number one. And I could even justify it. I was hurt by that person. So I'm going to say, moment number two, I'm going to unders- undersell something. I hated going to the mission conferences in my organization some years ago. They're, they're way better now. But I, I despised it. I had the universe's worst attitude 
towards these conferences. I would do everything I could to get out of them. Um, I was never successful. I, 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 you know, I'm not talking just because I, I would have panic attacks when I go to these things and, and all this kind of stuff. It's because the content wound me up and I found myself so angry. Wait, I was like angry every time, right? Just like come back like full of like Ah, uh, you, okay, you can get all the testimonies of my, my very real strong emotions about these conferences. They're awful. Anyways, so the year was 2012. I had a bad attitude. I didn't want to be there. I was required to be there. It was expensive, not great content. You know, I'm sitting there going through one, one, con one time, dumb, dumb, stupid, dumb, bam. And, and there was this moment where we're there. And it's, we're going to do a guided prayer time. And I'm like, oh, bad attitude. And also I roll. Uh, I, I, I basically, I rolled my way to heaven, I think, is what happened in this moment. And, I, and I'm there, and, I, and I, it's like, okay. And, and we're doing this guided prayer time. And, but in that moment, it turned out to be one of those most significant moments of my life. I've talked about it all the time. The time where, where you know, Jesus met me and was like, okay, why are you worthy? I've, I've talked a lot about that. But it's also the moment where he called me to dedicate one hour every morning to, to prayer and to, to, to just Jesus' time with him. This is 2012. Changed my life. It's been part of my life for the last decade. In that moment, I had the worst attitude, and yet Jesus brought me in, and he revealed this glorious gospel to me. And he... And he changed my life in the sense that he, he redirected my practices and things that have impacted me to this day. I didn't want to be there, one of the most significant moments of my life. Another conference, 2012, I had an even worse attitude, 20, sorry, in 2010. I had an even worse 20, uh, attitude in 2010 because it was further back. The further back you go, the worst attitudes. Now I have a happy times. Are you going to the next one? No. Uh, but, but I was in 2010, same bad attitude. After one session, the leader of the session invited us up for prayer. And I'm just like, no. But I knew I needed to go. I even tried to, I was like, I leaned over to Kelly. I'm like, Kelly, let's get out of here. And she's like, oh, okay. And, and I'm like, but ah, I, I feel like I need to go up for prayer. And I, and I, but I don't want to go up for prayer. And ah, I don't even want to be here at this conference. I go up for prayer. God met me in the most powerful way he's ever met me. I was set free of so much ministry fear. So much preaching fear. I had been paralyzed with, with fear in, 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 in preaching and ministry for all, all of my life. And, and, and it was, it, there was such a, a, a deliverance, a freedom in that moment. It was like 45 minutes of just powerful God moment. And I'll, I'm sure I'll talk more about that at, at a different time. But I was set free in that moment. It was so impactful. I came back uh, that Sunday. We changed the church. Okay, all of a sudden, prayer ministry is going to be a big deal. Now, if you were there, you probably weren't. It was super awkward for, for a while. We didn't know how to do it. But, like, I just knew it was important. And, and that meeting with God in that powerful way, it, 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 just, it just, it changed me and it, and it changed the church. I mean, I can't imagine my life without those three surprising, significant moments. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in any of those gatherings with God's people. And yet I can't imagine my life without that, that thought of Bible read-through. And, and what it's become in my life and what it's meant to me and us. I, I can't imagine a, a church not with, without prayer ministry being as, as, uh, as significant a, as it is and, and all that's happened since then. I can't imagine my life without a decade of this, this special Jesus time and growing in, in, in time with Jesus and encouraging others to, to do the same. Uh, I didn't want to be at any of those moments. I had so many reasons why 
why I, I could have justified not being there, and yet I was there. I could have skipped a session at the conference, but I, I didn't. I was there. They felt worthless in advance, but you never know. When being in the room, when God's people are gathered, is, is the moment that you're going to need that's going to just change your life. Again, you can't see him coming. You, you, you can't guess. It's not that Jesus is showing up powerfully every time. In fact, sometimes it was, it was so rare in those environments that I had zero expectations, but that didn't mean anything. Because when Jesus shows up, he shows up. It's life-changing. You never know. Had Thomas known that Jesus was going to show up in the room, I tell you, a thousand times over, Thomas is going to be there. If he knew that the resurrected Jesus of Nazareth is going to come into the room and bless them and give them the Holy, breathe on them the Holy Spirit and commission them into ministry, like, he's going to be there. I don't care how he's feeling. He's showing up, right, and to, to be there for that moment. Um, we get these all the time. 8 a.m. prayer. We have 8 a.m. prayer here um, this, this week. Had a little bit of a bad attitude. I, 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 I was leading it, and I'm like, ah, man, I don't know. It's just uh, 8 a.m. prayer. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Now, I'm, I w- I'm not telling the other people this, you know, just, just you. Uh, the rest of you, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was a, no, uh, 8 a.m. prayer. And I'm, I'm going through it. I'm, I'm going through it. And I had a plan. About halfway through, Jesus shows up with me. And I just felt like I couldn't stop writing things down. Like the encouragement, the guidance, the direction. I mean, I have Jesus' time all the time. But there was something about praying together with God's people, that ADM prayer call this week. It was really significant to me. Maybe you've been in churches where you're like, oh, this church doesn't do it for me. It's not inspiring. And you know, not this one, other ones. And, 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 you, and, and you, you've had those experiences. But I've had so many positive Jesus moments in those kind of environments. Just being there. Just being there, and, and, and Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in, in bad churches because he loves his people, and he loves you. That's good. I, I believe in this, this message when it comes to Thomas. I really believe that it's needed for, for our world today as we come out of COVID, but we're not coming out of COVID. We are, but we're not. Whatever we're doing, like, I, I believe that, that it's, it's, it's needed because although we have so much tech, and we have so much ability to get something from church when we're not here. We do. We have so much ability to get something from church without being here. It's, it's not the same. It's just not the same as, as being in the room. And I, and I know that many people in, our, in the West are missing out. This is a massive problem. They're missing out on, on surprising moments of encouragement. They're missing out on moments of direction or help or healing because they're just, they're just not in the room. They're not showing up for whatever reasonable reason. They've been missing out. Maybe missing out because of fear. Maybe fear or whatever, but missing out. Maybe missing out because it can't be bothered. It's so convenient. It's so convenient to, to, to not be here. Now, I am speaking as someone who has believed in online streaming for years. We've been doing this for, for years and years and years. I know that it's significant. I know that it's important. It is my joy and delight to have online uh, ministry and, and ministry to, to different people. I know it's valuable. Online is good. In the room is better. In the room is better. Even when it doesn't feel like it and you're like, well, last week it wasn't worth it. And the week before that, I don't know. Just keep with it. 
keep showing up. Jesus and his spirit shows up in the room in special ways, which is different than being at home. Can Jesus meet with you at home? 100%. This is still different. It's different. Now, I know that there are three different groups of people listening to this message. Number one, there's those of you who are in the room and you're like, nailed it. You know, <laughs> you know, done. Tick, tick that one. Great. Value it. Value this. Appreciate it. Prioritize it. The enemy will just keep giving you reasons from time to time why maybe it's not worth it. Whether there's something else more important or whatever. Just, just, just fight those lies. Don't get duped. Prioritize being here. Now, I'm saying this as someone, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I've preached in empty rooms. I've preached to limited capacity rooms. It's not any harder or easier for me whether you are in the room or not. This is for you. And I really believe that this is good for you. For you who are here, great. There's also people who watch online who are local. And I believe in this ministry, and I'm happy that you are able to enjoy this. I don't know there, why you're, why, you know, there's good reasons not to be in the room. Like, if you're sick, stay home. Like, enjoy this from a distance, a long distance. If you're really sick, you know, you can call the elders of the church to come out and pray for you, you know, all, all that. But, but, yeah, there's lots of good reasons not to be in the room. I believe Jesus can meet with you wherever you're at. It's why we do what we do. That's why we have all this, uh, this. But I do say to you, if you can be in the room, prioritize it. If you can be here, be here. Elevate the priority of being in the room if, if, you're, if you're able to. Over time, you will see the difference. Why? Why elevate it? Because the Spirit can meet with you anywhere, obviously, but there's something significant about being in the room. It's way better. Worship is way better in the room, surrounded by God's people, worshiping together. The voices, the space, the angels of God are present in gatherings in a unique way that are just part of this space and part of being here in the room. Why? Because there are people here that encourage you. They might not even know they're encouraging you, but they might be sharing something that does encourage you, or you might share something and accidentally encourage them. I don't know. Like just, this is, there's a meant to be a family dynamic where we speak and we encourage and we lift up, and you have no idea what impact you might have by just being present. Why? And I'm not dropping this one really, but the book of Hebrews does say don't neglect it. But I'm not, that's not where I'm going. It's just, it is there. Uh, you know, part of it. Uh, why? Teaching your children. Teaching your children by example how important Jesus is to you. How important the church is. How important God's people are. Just part of, part of the witness. Teaching the people in your lives is important to me. Why? Because everyone in the body of Christ, according to the Bible, is indispensable. If you are a Christian, you are indispensable to the body of Christ. The Spirit has wired you and gifted you in your way for your purposes, and your presence is indispensable. And you can say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not Naomi. Nobody's Naomi except for Naomi. Like, okay, I'm not, I get that. But you're you, and you're part of the body, and you have been wired specifically for purposes. You are indispensable. And so that's one of the reasons why you want to be here. We are the body of Christ. We're, we're a family, and the more we're together together, the stronger, the healthier, the better. This is how it is. Prioritize being in the room if you can. 
If not, if you can't be here, enjoy, what you're, enjoy the online content. Blessings on that. But there's a third group which has surprised me in its, in its size. Uh, hundreds, I don't know, maybe 500 or so, don't know exactly. 500 or so people who watch this not locally, who watch this later or, or at the same time, who live a long ways away. I've really enjoyed meeting some of you uh, as you've visited and you've shared your stories and, and where, you're, where you're living. Um, I think I've been thinking more and more about you who are, who are out there and a long ways away and your situation, your challenges as I've heard more and more about them. Some of you are, are really sick and you're not out, able to get out and I, I spend time praying for you. I, I definitely do. Praying for you and for, for the, the very difficult stories that I've, I hear uh, of some of your situations. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit aware and I'm also praying bl blindly for those situations that I'm, I'm not aware about. Um, yeah, but, but for those of you who are out there, scattered wherever you are, and you, um, you're, you're tuning in here, great, bless that. I want to also encourage you to go somewhere where there's people somewhat in your area. It doesn't have to be your most local church, but somewhere where you can be present. Make the effort to be present. And you're, and you're like, Brian, it's, it's awful. It's like Kalamabad. Or it's, 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 uh, it's like, I, when I first came here, I don't even think the, the pastor of the church that I first went to was a Christian. Like, like you're like, I, I don't, like, it, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad situation. And, and, and to you, I just say, like, I get it. I get it that there's a lot of imperfect out there in the world. And the UK is one way, but it gets worse out there. Let us keep ministering to you. Enjoy the encouragement that you're getting here from the church, but try and show up somewhere in person. It's worth it. I believe that there's more to a church than the service. I believe there's more to the church than the preaching. I believe there's more to the church than the worship experience. I believe that your presence might have a very wonderful impact in whatever gathering, even if your perception of the church is not high. I, I believe that in any context, in any church, with whatever challenges are going on, that uh, you can make a positive Jesus difference just by being there and being present. I think that's important. And it may not be, I get it. I, I was at a church one time where, uh, for, for a season where I, I felt like I wasn't getting anything from the church. I was pouring out, and I was getting fed by another church a ways away, and they were pouring into me, and then I was pouring out in my church. That's okay. Body of Christ is pretty big, and, and if that's what you need, bless that. Now, when it comes to this whole thing, um, I'm not saying any of this to beat anybody up. I'm definitely not trying to beat up Thomas at all. The last thing any of us needs is to feel beat up, right, at this time. But I do think that the Western church needs a nudge, a reminder, because we've lost the priority of being present. We've lost the priority of being present. We've lost the practice of being there every week, week after week after week. We, we, we've lost that, and, and so we've lost more than we know. We've lost more than we know. Let me just end with an encouragement when it comes to Thomas, because his story doesn't end in his doubt, as you know. He, he missed out, he, but next week he shows up, and actually I think that's quite remarkable, because he shows up again, he shows up in his doubt, 
He shows up next week in his unbelief. He, Thomas has zero expectation at all that he's going to meet the risen Lord. He doesn't believe Jesus is alive. In fact, alive. In fact he believes that he said, I will never believe. I will never believe. He, he, he's, he has no expectation that Jesus is going to show up, and yet he does anyways. And Jesus meets with him, and Thomas never looks back. And, and he gets out of that moment, and he runs. Pentecost Sunday happens, and he runs. He dedicates his whole life preaching, Jesus is uh, alive. That next week of his, he had some surprising, significant seconds with Jesus that forever changed his life. Whatever has been your practice up to this point, it is what it is. My message today is about forward, forward, forward. And so the challenge today is simply this. Prioritize your weekly church gatherings by being in the room if you can. Whether that's here or whether it's somewhere near you, wherever that is. I want to pray. Uh, I'm going to pray and... Although some of you may have had a Jesus moment this morning. And maybe some of you, even though I didn't talk much about uh, salvation or, or anything like that, you're like, you know what? I'm sitting here, and Jesus is here. And, and he's real. I, 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 I get a sense that no, God is real, and I, need, I, I want to give my life to following Jesus now. If that's you, I suggest praying a prayer or something like this. God, here I am. I now dedicate the entirety of my life to following you, whether things go good or whether things are challenging. Forgive me, lead me forward, fill me with your Holy Spirit, yeah, and lead me in your way. I, I give my life to you today. And for the rest of us, God, I, I ask that this would be an environment and a place when we gather together that you would be exceedingly generous at revealing your goodness to each of us, that you would be revealing your guidance, your help, your leadership, your healing, your encouragements. God, I do pray that in this place, in this room, you would be encouraging. And for those who can't make it to, 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 to here or places, God, I do pray that you would meet with them exactly where they're at. Meet, help, heal, restore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.